This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. There is nothing wrong with your radio. Do not attempt to adjust the frequency. We are controlling transmission. You are about to experience the awe and mystery which reaches from the inner mind to the outer limit frequency. Good evening, my name is Ricardo. And my name is Sam. And this is the Outer Limit Frequency. frequency was founded on a very simple principle give the people what they want just in a way they didn't ask for it so if we're going to cover a band or a topic that is very popular then you can rest assured that we'll come at it from an obtuse angle little math joke for you there hey do you know who's been really popular since someone made a movie very loosely based on what really happened to them queen that's who and if we want to sit here and talk about their most famous career highlights we'd probably just direct you to listen to their first two greatest hits albums and call it a day but of course, we're going to go about things our own way, which is why we've dubbed tonight's episode a B-side tour of Queens. We dig up some of their best but least visible highlights. And I think it's very telling that not a single song from the band's self-titled album is featured on any of their greatest hit compilations. The tracks here are caught in the chaotic crosswinds of heavy metal, second wave prog and early glam. Obviously, this album laid some very important groundwork for what would become a legendary career. But it's only the diehard fans are out here repping self-titled Queen, which actually plays into our favour on this episode. So because I have my pick of the tracks, I'm going to start us off with The Night Comes Down. Thank you. 
may have mentioned in the past how great Queen's sophomore album Queen 2 is. While it may not be their most popular, only containing one single with Seven Seas of Rye, hey, that's one more than the first album, it is as a whole among some of the best rock albums ever released. The first song from the black side of the album, Ogre Battle, also remains quite possibly their heaviest song for the rest of their run. It's also some incredible high fantasy cheese telling the story of uh, an ogre battle, like a battle between ogres. This is the sort of stuff that Queen did in the beginning, and Ogre Battle was actually one of the first songs ever written by the band, despite not making it onto an album until they felt they had proven themselves and had a bit more freedom to indulge in their weirdness.
Queen's third album, Sheer Heart Attack, was a pretty wild departure from their previous two albums, despite releasing in 1974, the same year as Queen 2. It's much more pop direction than Queen 2 and contains songs like Killer Queen and Now I'm Here, which certainly helped to make it more successful. It also contained Flick of the Wrist, which served as a double A-side with Killer Queen, and Stone Cold Crazy, which gained a reputation in later years for being one of the first, if not the first, thrash metal songs. It also contains other great songs, though, In the Lap of the Gods became one of their most popular live songs. Bring Back That Leroy Brown is a great throwback rock and roll song, and Tenement Funster stands out as one of the best tracks ever written by Roger Taylor. The themes of it are pretty punk as well, being all about rebellious youths, but I mean, if we really think about it, Queen did have kind of a bit of a punk attitude. My new purple shoes been amazing to people next door And my rock and roll 45 Been enraging the folks on the lower floor I got away with the girls on my block my best be a real individual And when we go down to Smokies and Rock They light up like it's some kind of ritual Ooh, give me a good guitar And you can say that Now for my gratuitous hot take of the episode. A Night at the Opera is, at best, a two-song album, and most people could probably only name that really famous one. You know the one I'm talking about. Because as much as everyone seems to adore the towering monument to excess that is Bohemian Rhapsody, 
It's about all it has going for it. Yet, thanks to the aforementioned Rhapsody being an indelible part of the cultural fabric of rock music, the entire album seems to get a pass. Not on my watch, it doesn't. I'm even going to go as far as to say that BR isn't even the best song on the album. I said it. That honour can be divided as a three-way tie between Death on Two Legs, The Prophet Song, and this next track, 39.
I guess the upside of having just trashed a night at the opera is that I can now praise a Queen album that deserves more attention than it usually gets for quite obvious reasons. 1976's A Day at the Races is better than its predecessor in pretty much every way, but will forever live in its shadow thanks to the similarity of the titles. The comparison of the track list is not at all flattering to Night at the Opera, as Races displays far more personality, depth, and downright good times across the board. This next song is called Good Old Fashioned Lover Boy, aka the song everyone skips on Greatest Hits Volume 1, but you shouldn't, because you aren't likely to find a better example of Freddie scratching his music hall itch. I think there might be a cream for that these days. known for some fairly obvious reasons this is the album that turned queen full-on arena rock with their two anthem-like songs we will rock you and we are the champions and i have to be honest aside from bicycle race and fat bottom girls these are the two songs by queen that i consider to be the most boring and most overrated 
So News of the World is certainly not one of Queen's best, but it does contain two of my favourite songs of theirs in Spread Your Wings, which was released as an A-side with the song Share Heart Attack, not the album, serving as its B-side. And yeah, I, I love this song, but it is a single, so it's disqualified. So we're going with my other favourite, My Melancholy Blues, one of the most stripped back and pretty songs ever recorded by a queen on par with Love of My Life. Left cold sober, baby left me for somebody new. I don't want to talk about it, want to forget about it, want to be intoxicated with that special brew. So come and get me Let me Get in that sinking feeling That says my heart is On an all-time low So Don't expect me Queen's Jazz album, released in 1978, is a bit of an odd duck. 
Well, it does contain several of the band's most famous songs, Fat Bottom Girls and Bicycle Race and Don't Stop Me Now. Critics of the time were far from enthralled with yet another mixed bag entry into Queen's discography. Perhaps they were thrown off by the complete lack of jazz on the album. One can only speculate. But the album's name does create some kind of expectation. Jazz, however, does hold the distinction of having one of the band's very finest opening tracks in the dexterous and multilingual Mustafa. Perhaps people would have had an easier time digesting such a track had Freddie been a little more public with the fact he was really some dude named Farouk from Zanzibar. Maybe. It is widely accepted that Queen's 1984 album Hot Space is the worst they ever made. And it's bad. Just really, really bad. But I wonder if the people who hold that belief kind of automatically have ever listened to the band's forgotten album, Flash Gordon from 1980, because 
Yes, Queen themselves do consider it a card-carrying member of their discography rather than the Fever Dream spin-off it really was. Sure, the title track is iconic, but have you ever gone to the trouble of the endless stretches of instrumental passages and sketches of songs that pad the runtime? Because I have, and it's less fun than the film itself. Which, you know, aside from that regrettable case of Yellowface, holds up remarkably well as far as sci-fi B-movies go. So you can definitely put this in the non-essential pile. Although, if you are heading into this mess, I would recommend hanging around till the very end of the record for the final track, The Hero. I mean, if you've gone this far, what's a little more suffering to get to the real highlight of the record?
By the time The Works was released in 1984, Queen had fully established themselves as one of the biggest and best bands on the planet. They had already given us eight great albums, one steaming pile of crap in Flash Gordon and one hot steaming pile of crap in Hot Space. Yes, that's right. Flash Gordon is better than Hot Space. Anyway, The Works really was not exactly a long album, clocking in at a little under 40 minutes, but in that time it managed to remind us exactly why Queen was so great and contained some fairly big singles in Radio Gaga, It's a Hard Life, I Want to Break Free, and Hammer to Fall. As I'm saying this, I so badly want to play Hammer to Fall, but I'm going to resist the urge. Instead, we will be playing Man on the Prowl, a rockabilly-style song originally actually meant to be released as the fifth single from the album. However, this was overruled by the label, who felt that a Christmas song would be a better choice. They were wrong. This would have been the better choice.
It has to be said that 1986's A Kind of Magic is a record completely stacked with good tunes, top to bottom. Despite serving as the unofficial soundtrack to the Highlander film, Queen crammed this thing to the brim with killer song after killer song, many of which went on to become hit singles and or fan favourites over the years. Great for most people, but bad for our little experiment here. This is one of those times where I had to dig deep to find the right song for the occasion. So I've ended up with Pain is So Close to Pleasure. It's a campy good time, despite its title, and definitely a product of the mid-80s, but I'm trying not to hold that against it. Look, it was this will find something nice to say about hot space, and I just can't. Thank you. 
unpopular opinion time. The top three albums recorded by Queen are as follows. Innuendo, Queen 2, and The Miracle. Yeah, you heard. The Miracle is often overlooked as a great album, and this puzzles me because it actually contains some pretty popular songs. I Want It All, Breakthrough, and The Invisible Man are all here. And yeah, I get that the only one of those three that is adored is I Want It All, but still, all fairly well liked. I think this is largely due to their greatest hits albums, though, that they are fondly remembered now, while the rest of the album is just forgotten. But almost the entire album is a gem. Was it all worth it as a great look back on the history of the band, as they were seemingly aware at this point that their days were numbered? It was somehow both old school and new school queen and the perfect example of how the band had evolved over the years.
even more unpopular opinion time. I love the final Queen album, Made in Heaven. This might be largely nostalgia talking, as my dad had a copy of this that I listened to on repeat with enormous headphones when I was a kid. This is one of the albums that sparked my love of the band, along with A Kind of Magic and News of the World. And I have to say that even now, it's still great. It's by far the most introspective and somber feeling album by the band, largely due to it being recorded almost right up until the death of Freddie Mercury in 1991. The album wasn't actually released until 95, but it got some pretty lukewarm reception when it did actually release. Labeled by Queen fans as not being a real Queen album or otherwise completely ignored, I just don't get it. It's also the best collection of B-sides of the lot. The title track was never released as a single, and it serves with It's a Beautiful Day as the best way to kick off an album in the band's whole catalogue. It's unfortunate that people would consider this to be a stain on the legacy of the band, but I'm just saying that they're wrong. So our final song for the night is the final song ever recorded by Freddie Mercury. This is Mother Love. Give me all your 
So thank you for tuning in to the Ad Limit Frequency as we ruin your favorite bands. I wonder who we can ruin next time. But in the meantime, make sure you jump onto Spotify. There are heaps of our episodes on there, and you are guaranteed to find something you like. And since you're coming back next week, you will hear us talking about some of the worst album covers of all time. And it's, I don't know how that's going to work because audio, medium, and we're just describing it. You'll have to use your imagination, okay? Use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.